trying to the cage bird. But when the cage bird sings, what's my Angelo's book called? I know why the cage bird sings. I know cage. Yes, I heard your doorbell, and I do. <laughs> I do now. I do. <laughs> now you know why the now cage bird sings. <laughs> yes. Hi, Peter. Hey. How are you doing? How am I? Yeah, how are you? I'm fine. Mm-hmm. How, how are you? I'm fine. I don't like Christmas much, though. What is that? I was going to comment that you, you sound just as... Just as... Uh, is relaxed. I don't know. There's a there's a a calmness that you affect with your voice. That I think that I affect with my voice. Yes, it's part of my constructed personalities and all in one. Yeah. Yeah. So calm yeah. voice. It's just all inclusive. <laughs> what we get. Yeah. This is very surreal for me. <laughs> <laughs> As an experience. For reasons both known <laughs> and others unknown to the invisible guests. To invisible guests. Thinking about today, like the topic today. Because I have like a lot of unanswered questions around mm-hmm. it. So I've, I've set up a kind of scenario to lead into it. Like a real life mm-hmm. scenario. Scenario from mm-hmm. my life that leads into the, it opens up an avenue for you to ask questions and for us to also explore the question. So if we're talking about um, tragedy, right? So is tragedy necessary for art or something like that? That's sort of yes. the question right there. Yes. Is tragedy necessary for art? Now, as I was thinking about it, because I have thought about this question before because we had to Remember I told you once I took a philosophy of art and literature course a while ago. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in that course we had to think about the meaning of the word tragedy. So that's the first point that I arrived at, like what does tragedy mean? And mm-hmm. one of our English lecturers was suggesting that there's um, it has to involve a fatal flaw inside or in the character of the main tragic figure. So it can't come from outside. It can't be that something outside of his control happens to him that makes his life sad or causes these negative consequences. It has to be Mm -hmm. something within him that affects the environment. But anyway, so we had that debate because different, I don't think the common understanding of the word tragedy uh, involves or has to include this fatal flaw inside the person. But anyway, with that question in mind, right? Yes. I I recently got, got fired. I got fired recently. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. This yeah. I'm also learning on the podcast, which calls our entire friendship into questions. <laughs> Well, if you remember prior to us getting online, you, I didn't get a chance to talk about this. Because this is also... Yes, okay. 
Because <laughs> also for me, so this puts everything in context. But I, uh-huh. but I recently do something I find. And it's a funny mm-hmm. the way they do this stuff because like, it's almost like a, like a breakup. Quite, you know, I realize now the question you ask both during a breakup mm-hmm. I mean, after you, I mean, the person who's been broken up with, right? Mm-hmm. Is um, when did this person know? Like, did they know yesterday and they told me today that they were going to leave me? Did they know two weeks ago? Did they know a week ago? When did they know mm-hmm. that they were going to do this? So it's the same questions I asked about my colleague especially the person in charge of like of HR. Because of course, the person in charge of HR knows, as does your supervisor and your, the top boss, the head honcho. So at least those three people know. Mm-hmm. And they have to interact with you day after day after day when they know this, right? Mm-hmm. So I, in the knowledge that your imminent end is, is approaching. <laughs> In the moment you, that you are now a ghost, you are invisible. You don't know uh-huh. that you're a ghost, but they know that you're dead. It's like the, the what's that? It's like Sixth Sense. Yeah, you die in their eyes. But mm-hmm. I remember when contact with me. So I'd come in and say, hey, good morning. And it was like, hey. But it was a very, like when you know something about somebody and you, are ashamed that you know it and ashamed that you can't say, so you can't look at them. Mm-hmm. Well, but, at least that's indicative of a working conscience, I would say. Would you rather somebody did something that they thought was wrong but had a conscience, or would you rather the person who had no conscience and did the thing? At least I can excuse the person no. without a conscience. They had no choice. Because of who they are, like they had to do it. Because they were but we, we rarely have a choice. We rarely, rarely have a choice because what was, what could they have done? Could they have said, no, you cannot fire Peter or I will walk out the door with him as well? You know, what could they have done, right? So I feel that I prefer the ones with a conscience because it means they can be saved. The ones who could look you in the eye, I would worry about those because it means that to some extent their humanity is stunted. I'd worry about those ones. Hmm. Yeah. But so it happened and I've had a few hours to think about it and what it means. When did it happen? Well, this is the question. When did it happen? The official decision was made. I found out about it because I checked my work email today. So, I mean, because we finished a couple of days ago, but they didn't tell me on the day we finished. I got an email after we left. And because we had left, of course, I didn't check my mail until I casually flipped through it now, just, you know, now to uh, and there, and there you go. I'm like, what is this? Like a, a notice <laughs> with, an, with an attachment. It's a, a Christmas present from the work. They left me something, an extra check. Mm -hmm. But no, they left no extra check. But so I thought, is this a a tragic thing? It sounds, it felt a bit bad. It did, but 
then to ask the question like, hmm? sorry? Yes. No, continue. Right, to ask the question, is it my fault? Which is what you always ask with, with this stuff. Um, they'll obviously say it's my fault. I'll say we, we, we didn't work out well together. So. <laughs> just like I'm a saying. breakup. Just like a break. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Um, yeah. So it happened. Does it, did it necessitate art? Yes, I think what followed afterwards necessitated art. So I think to just lead into like the answer to the question or one answer is um tragedy. Is that is that it, it necessitates art. Not the event itself, but the consequential feelings. Because what happens is it changes how you look at the world. Because for mm-hmm. for I think art must arise out of life. So art must arise out of your life. But if your life was mm-hmm. was static, so if nothing ever happened, then there would be no no contrasts to be made, no 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 comparisons, no insights um, about the human condition. <clears throat> but if things change. And in this case, something bad happens. Mm-hmm. You're forced to reflect on the nature of, of like everything. You don't just reflect on that one thing. You, it forces you to um, think about your your entire existence for some reason. Um, so yeah, I think. You know, because I mean, the Greeks had an entire form of writing, right? The the the, the tragic, those epic long poems were, were often within a tragic tragic comedies, like Dante's Inferno. Like Dante's Isn't Inferno, it? yes, like Dante's yeah. Inferno. Um, e- even even the story of of Oedipus, right? He 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 married his mother and killed his father. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, but they say his tragic flaw was inside him, as opposed to it. Being. Is Achilles? Does Achilles count? Uh, to me, yeah, yes, exactly, because it's it's inside. The problem is inside the hero, and it's something he can't change. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I think it counts, but. <sighs> But nonetheless, I would not recommend that um, people go looking for it. I think if you go looking for it, I don't know. I think if you go looking for it, it might not work, maybe, because you'd know that there was something artificial about your your suffering. Mm. Your suffering has to be authentic. No, but I wonder, you see, now I would almost disagree with you. Um, so I do agree that you have to start with first an understanding of what counts as tragedy. And I would say that tragedy for me is different from a sense of tragedy. The way they say that you can have a poet's, what is it? Like the way you you look at life, like a poet's uh, 
constitution so you're mostly melancholy and all that right ah yes like sort yes. of like the, the, the glasses through which you look at the world rose tinted exactly so i would say that tragedy is yes like losing your job is a tragedy but does it is it accompanied by a sense of tragedy right so this is where i would mm. disagree with you because you say that you can't go looking for the tragedy but mm. um like the story of the buddha right i mean mm. what we're told is that he was a rich boy raised in royalty and then he thought at some point let me go out and live like the beggars in my village and see how they you know react to life or they survive their existences yes so he mm-hmm. went looking for tragedy but i would argue that even at the point where he saw all this comfort and he thought let me seek out something else is that he was already followed by this sense of tragedy right so he didn't need the tragedy to exist for him right it existed already as an internal state as the lens through which exactly he viewed life so i would say that tragedy does not necessarily create art it's if you do have a sense of tragedy because i would also say peter because i know you mm-hmm. i wouldn't say that losing your job was tragic really you didn't like the work you didn't i think it's like <clears throat> this is going to sound rude but it's almost like oh, on okay. the surface level Surprise right me. Me. <laughs> <laughs> i i feel that your sense of loss is something that is there almost as a as an automated response yes because this is how you're supposed to feel when you lose your work but because you didn't really like this job right i don't think that it it it's a tragedy right i wouldn't say that it imbues you with the sense of tragedy so i wouldn't count this as something that contributes to art right i know your well, other tragedies but also yes you have a sensibility towards <laughs> no towards the tragic mm-hmm. <laughs> i just like it to say like anybody else mm-hmm. money you know so yes that made me sad but also as my boss pointed out once in a meeting many many people were involved in opening this door and mm-hmm. uh those people who opened the door would be very sad to watch me mm-hmm. to watch me let it close you know so it hurt also the pain that happens to the people around you affects mm-hmm. you this decision hurt other people it hurt me because i lost money and it hurt me because mm-hmm. and to speak to your point about the buddha who seeks out his conditions mm-hmm. i often find that a key ingredient in the recipe the tragic the element of surprise it must mm-hmm. be you must always think that the world is going one way and then it goes mm-hmm. another way if you seek it out <laughs> you yeah. you know what you're seeking and you maybe you're only surprised at the extent or the degree which is an, another mm-hmm. question also is cuz i saw a quote actually on your instagram 
what was I saying before this? What you saw on my Instagram that eclipsed the actual writer that I, I took it from. So what did you yeah. see on my what I saw on Instagram was a quote that was talking about suffering and how the author was commenting on how he cannot appreciate or un- or understand or bear his suffering better or more or, or with more grace by observing the mm-hmm. suffering of others because yes. it's an it's an internal state, state share. in which you know? nothing external can help. Yes. Um, yes. That's a meal um, on the heights of despair. The heights of despair, which we've spoken about before, I remember, but now I want mm-hmm. to really get into it because, hmm, because yeah, so I think because it caused pain to the people around me that I lost mm-hmm. my work and also because I lost money, um, that made me sad, but A sense of tragedy. So when you were talking about the the Buddha, you said that the sense of tragedy itself is not necessary. No, I said the tragedy is not necessary. It's a sense of tragedy, right? So I would argue, but then it depends exactly as you said on what tragedy is. Because Mm -hmm. for me, Achilles, the story of Achilles is more of a tragedy, right? In that... Mm -hmm. His heel was not something that he could change. So I wouldn't count that as an internal state. It's not a lens. It's a fact of existence, you know, that this is something that affects you that you were born with, that, you know, cannot, you can't do anything against about it. You have to just navigate knowing that it is there, right? So for me, that's mm-hmm. tragic, right? But mm-hmm. the sense of tragedy would be the person who sees this or who is born with this infirmity and sees it everywhere that he moves, right? So tragedy, I think, exists for everybody, yeah? But the sense of tragedy, right? Also, that's why I don't think that tragedy is a question of how bad it was. It depends on how deeply you felt something. And that's why I do agree with Emil that I can't compare my suffering to another person because we feel Mm. things differently. I think in psychology, they call it uh, resilience factors, right? So Mm. we have different resilience factors and this comes from all sorts of things, right? But I do sometimes think that some of us are just born with... uh, a heavy heart. This is what I would say. <laughs> right? Oh, that is that, that is such a beautiful line, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. W- when you hear me writing a song that includes the line, "Some of us are born with a heavy heart," you know where I stole it from. Uh, <laughs> and I am going to do that. Man, yes, that's such a thank But yeah, yeah um, but. I don't know. Once again, I don't know because I think there are... <clears throat> doesn't what you're saying imply that that artists have a temperamental disposition that is similar across the board, which would mean that they they're all kind of looking at the glass half full all the time. I mean, I mean, not half, 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 half empty. 
<laughs> so, which, which to me sounds how could how how could you have a collection of people who are in a mm-hmm. particular profession, not profession, mm-hmm. uh, calling or whatever, as broad as art, whatever art means, because that could be visual, whatever visual audio, the whole thing, and to say they're temperamentally inclined in the. And this is what enables them to do what they do. You must know people who make art who are half glass full, glass half full. This is now where I'm going to create the distinction. So art and good art, right? Or we should just say that <laughs> art should just no, count us. <laughs> no, really? This is your no, argument. Yes, good really? art is <laughs> glass half full. Empty. Why do I keep that wrong? <laughs> but yes, but but no. So this is what you're saying. Good art requires that. I do think that it does require a sense of tragedy because I think that's where you get the depths from, right? The depths of feeling, and this is something that Emil says that um, to be lyrical means that you cannot stay closed up within yourself, right? Like when you feel things to a certain point, it has to come up, it bubbles up from you and has to go somewhere, yes? So I feel it's that sense of being tortured by this this thing that has to be released into the world so that you can be free. What James Baldwin used to say is that this is the book that had to be given birth to so that I could continue with my work, right? So he talks about it as something that needs to be delivered from his body, right? So I do think there needs to be that sort of almost inner torment, that this is something you pull out of you, you exercise, you, it has to go somewhere, right? I don't think you get that from a half full perspective, right? But then, right, so here is where I would create the distinction because, of course, there has to be like a a delicate balance because if you go too far in that extreme, in the half-empty extreme, right, then what Mm -hmm. you produce is not art. It's It's projected projected pain right so the the quality that art has to have is a sort of it has to seem like it was combed through so I think the tragedy itself when it is being lived through cannot produce art right it has to be after the fact after it is survived that's when the art can be made because then it can be refined, exactly. So the refinement is what for me causes good art. So it has to come from a place where it's jagged edges and it's raw. And you can tell from this, this is, this was spewed up, right? This was not constructed. It wasn't done in, you know, lined sentences. It was just removed from the body. The process of refinement cannot happen within the tragedy or even the sense of tragedy. You have to move back. See, I, I want, well, 
Now I'm taking my comments from experience, right? When I say mm-hmm. what I'm going to say. First of all, on one level, I agree with you. And Leonard Cohen also agrees with me because he was once asked in an interview about how he makes his art. And he says that he does not believe in pure confession. So he says pure confession is not interesting to him. But confession Mm -hmm. filtered through a tradition of skill and um, that kind of pruning you were talking about. So the confession Mm -hmm. has to be filtered through um, a kind of uh, technique, you know, that makes it say the thing you want to say. So that that is interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But I find that, yes, hmm, sometimes... I had to stand away from it to be able to see it for what it was. But also other times as distance from the event. So other times distance from the event led to a dampening of the intensity of the feeling in which I found that on occasion that writing, say in the moment of a thing. So writing just after an argument, right? Or um, creating a concept right after that I'm still writing in the, the afterglow of the fire and I can still feel it mm-hmm. enough. So I don't know how far outside the storm, I don't know how far away, it's too far away to, to still be able to feel anything. But, but I like being really up, up close to it. Because then um, it's still raw. I don't know. I still there's something about writing in that state. Because I've written, you know, when I'm very calm, when nothing's mm-hmm. happened, and I'm actually quite bored. And occasionally I've written stuff that I liked. But the, my the favorite my favorite things. Oh, here's here's a story. Here's a here's mm-hmm. a story. Actually, is something that happened to me that talks about the sense of tragedy and tragedy. I think and art in almost the exact mm-hmm. same story. So mm-hmm. once I was at a bar, once I was mm-hmm. at a bar and I was talking to a friend of mine mm-hmm. and I asked him about another friend of ours. Let's say her name was Sarah. I said, hey, how's Sarah? Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, she's fine. And then I saw something in his eye that indicated to me that she wasn't fine. So I said, are you sure? And then he said to me, because Sarah had this boyfriend who we all didn't like, who was suspicious of. He said, she calls me at night and she cries on the phone. And she says, talking about her boyfriend, she says, he lives at my house and he doesn't pay rent. He doesn't buy food. And he drives my car. And he's always around and he won't let me go anywhere. And I love him now, so I don't know how to ask him to leave. <clears throat> so that line when she said, I, I love him now, I don't know how to ask him to leave. And while he was telling me this story, because I know the girl, it made me, it hit me in a way that I didn't expect. It surprised me because it wasn't my pain. 
and I wasn't mm-hmm. her boyfriend. And she wasn't even, say, my sister. She was somebody, just somebody I knew years ago somewhere. And didn't even know well. Mm-hmm. But I started crying at the bar. I just mm-hmm. staring at my friend. And I think I felt, in a sense, I felt her pain, but also I felt like, like I was him, although I've never done anything like what he did. But all of anything wrong that I'd ever done somehow was put onto him like he was Jesus, but in a different way, because of course Christ lived a perfect life. Mm-hmm. Which is which is a strange story because he lived a perfect life and at the end of his life when he was being crucified, the sins of the world were as the story goes, placed on him, which is a strange conceptually to have never experienced a conscious because you've never done anything wrong. And then to go through mm-hmm. an intense period where everybody's shortcomings and everybody's wrongdoings settled inside your mind. But somehow I put all my sins on this guy. He embodied mm-hmm. evil for me. <clears throat> he embodied what was wrong with the world because I imagined her as a good person. So they became archetypes of not people. He became the embodiment mm-hmm. of evil, and she became the embodiment of innocence, I think. But that night, I told my friend, I left the bar after he told me the story. And I told him that I was going to write um, a piece of music for, for her or about this situation. And it was um, uh, cathartic for me to mm-hmm. live through them you know i went by home and i wrote this thing that night i I mean Mm -hmm. i didn't sleep i wrote this thing that night and i I felt everything um and when i listen back to that stuff that i wrote when i was in that state i can uh, i can still feel the intensity with, with, with which i first heard the story and wrote it down Whereas it's different from the stuff when I was very calm. But this is why I would say what you have is a sense of tragedy, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why I would also say that this is something that most artists have. Because to hear that story and to feel so connected to it, right? When you Mm -hmm. didn't live it, There has to be something within you that you have, right? That predisposes you to feeling other people's states, I guess. Was it, um, who was it who said that the, the real writer, I don't know, does not judge, he understands? That's real. I almost want That's to give it to Hemingway. But I'm not sure. I think because we were talking about Hemingway last time. Yes, the true writer does not judge. Yeah. He understands. Right? And um, I do think.